Hello and welcome to the podcast Tech Marketing Trends. My name is Jacob Levenbrand. I'm the Managing Director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. And today we're going to talk about on-page SEO optimization and hacks, how you can drive more traffic and things like that for specifically B2B. And uh, I have an expert with me on this topic, Chima Maje, who is a Senior Content Marketing Manager at Moss. Welcome to our podcast, Chima. Jacob, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And I love to hear your thoughts about, you know, what's going on. And there's so much going on in the SEO space and content space and things like that. So really interesting to have an expert with us there. And, you know, for for people who haven't heard about Moss or you, <laughs> maybe you can just start uh, with a briefly overview of who you are and uh, what the company you're working for is doing and so forth. Yeah, okay. I work for, my name is Chima Meje, first of all. I'm the Senior Content Marketing Manager at Moz. Moz is a SEO software toolkit. You can use Moz for keyword research, for competitive analysis, for local SEO, all of all that good stuff. And I think my key expertise is in creating and executing content strategies for B2B software companies. Wonderful to hear. And this is an exciting space since there's so much going on in SEO these days, you know, since we have had ChatGPT now just over a year since they launched. And that was a kind of flipping point or, or tipping point for, for content and so forth. And at the beginning, we all felt that we will be out of jobs in six months. Mm -hmm. That wasn't true <laughs> and so forth. So, but how would you summarize last year where we have seen this AI explosion and especially uh, ChatGPT then, of course, and written content and so forth. How has that impacted Moss and the area of SEO in general? What's your thought on that? I think it's very interesting because in 2000, last year, when ChatGPT had not even launched, I, I predicted on on another like platform that we're going to see a ton of AI tools springing up in 2023. And we're going to be overwhelmed with content, but we're also going to see a lot of automations that was going to cause people to lose their job. And all of all that stuff actually happened. So we've actually seen a lot of job loss. And I don't think it's a coincidence that all of all those job losses came with the same time that we had ChatGPT launching. Facebook laid off, what, maybe 12K, 6K people, I can't remember. We had all these big companies laying off people, thousands of employees. And I think what we we're realizing was that there's a lot of function that AI can automate. And that that knowledge, that predictive knowledge, that ability to automate stuff, that ability to, to even think strategically means that maybe we don't need as many people doing functions in-house as we thought we did. So what has been interesting to see is how SEOs have risen to the challenge of instead of being afraid of these tools, working with these tools to elevate our strategy game and our execution game. So we have two sides of the coins. We have those who are using ChatGPT and other AI tools to fully automate the whole process. I think that's the wrong approach because the moment you lose the human touch, people can always tell. You can tell when, I think you can easily tell when content is just 100% written by AI. It just has that blandness, that dryness, that lack of empathy. It just has that stiffness to it. And you can also tell when content 
is written by AI, but supported with human knowledge and expertise. You can see it in there. I think expertise is one thing you can't fake. So the content landscape, the SEO landscape this year has been very interesting. We've been seeing people trying to figure out what can we automate with AI and what can we not automate or what should we be automating for ethical reasons and what should we not be automating for also ethical reasons. And we also had Google's helpful content updates People are saying eh, it was coincidence, but I don't think it's coincidence that Google released helpful content update not long after ChatGPT launched, because I do believe it was in response to that because they anticipated that we're going to be seeing a lot of poor quality automated content. And that helpful content update was in response to that to make sure that the quality of the results on SEP remained high quality and helpful to the end user. Mm. Have, have we seen an uptick in, in uh, content creation? Is it uh, a lot oh, more? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. A lot mm. more content. If you just go on Twitter, there's always some, will I say, some sort of bro marketer, quote unquote, bragging about creating 1,000 pieces of content, building clusters on, upon clusters, and automating the whole thing with ChatGPT. And then they are talking about how they are maybe stealing, again, quote unquote, stealing their competitors' keywords, and they're using it to like create content. But when you go and look at the finished results of the content that they claim to be creating, it's just rubbish. It's very poor quality. And then you give it three months, Google is penalizing the whole site. They're losing all their traffic and then all that content, all that quality that they claim to have mm. and the results that came from that, which is maybe organic ranking, they lose it because it's not actually good quality. It's mm. actually shitty quality mm. that just managed to fool Google maybe for like a bit of time, but then they end up losing it. Yeah. So in terms of the role of on-page SEO in, uh, in B2B marketing, what are your thoughts about that? You know, what should you focus on or, or yeah. How- what is trending today? Um, is Google keeping up with all this avalanche? Do you feel so? That I, do, are... I, do, I do think, okay, in the past year, people have been complaining that the quality of the results on search engine has depreciated, that it has dropped. And I have to agree. Uh, it's I think it's, it's very complicated and it's very hard for Googlebots to understand what is written by humans and what is written by machines. So we still keep seeing there's just so much content out there that it's almost impossible for Googlebot to be able to flag down all of all those automated content that is poor quality and keep them out of the SEP, which means that on the SEP, we're seeing so much poor quality results, and which also means that people who are actually creating good content are suffering. So what can we do as B2B content marketers? I think what we can do to bypass all of all this noise from AI I just literally wrote a post today that skyscraper is dead. I think we need to start platforming experts, people who have real life expertise with the problem. That is one way. That is one thing that we can do going forward. Another thing we can do going forward is to think of how we can make our rights, our content more conversational. Now I'm saying this in relation to voice search because I, 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 I predict that in 2024, all of these AI tools are going to have voice capabilities where we can start interacting with them, not just with text, but with voice. So in order to prepare for that, you have to start thinking about how do I optimize my content so that even just bits and pieces of that content is popping out for answers from those voice search. Especially if Google, in fact, not just Google, ChatGPT is already rewarding um, creators because sometimes when I um, ask ChatGPT to do some research on Binge in order to give me a very recent answer, 
it credits the sites where it's getting those contents from, which means I can click on that link to go and do more reading on the website. So if it's if I'm getting links from ChatGPT, that means that we need to start thinking ahead. What's going to happen? Okay, voice chat, how do we optimize for that? Conversational queries. That means we need to be able to anticipate what will people be asking in a conversational format around this topic. Then how do we answer those questions naturally in our content? That's just one way. We need to start thinking more multimodal content style. That means we need to also be creating videos. We need to be creating infographics. We need to be creating webinar content, but also removing bite-sized pieces of content from those um, long-form content pieces so that it's easy for AI, for whatever search engines that people are using to search for answers to be able to like get those queries immediately. We also need to be thinking beyond search. I think this is something we keep sleeping on. We are so dependent on Google for traffic that many people don't have, they don't have anything else outside of Google for getting traffic. So I think something that is very important is to start building your own community. You need to start cultivating your own community. I think it's something that we do at Moz. Moz has a very strong community, strong email list, strong social media following. And this is something that we keep trying to look at in 2024. How do we keep engaging our community with more content? How do we keep bringing people into our community so that we can feed them the, co the content that we are creating directly so we stay top of mind without looking at the SERP? Mm, wonderful. So exciting. So in those terms, do you feel that the long format blog post or traditional company blog is mm. dead? Or do no. you... Absolutely oh. not. I, I think somebody asked me this question this week that should we stop creating blog posts? I said, no, blog posts is, I think it's for the, for the, a long time to come. It's probably going to be the biggest driver of traffic. Doesn't matter if it's ranking on Google or not, even if you're a building community, it's still the primary way to reach people because people, I think people, people still love reading content, but we need to diversify. Something I'm seeing now is that a year ago, when I did, no, not a year ago, in fact, in April, I did a presentation at Brighton SEO in April, and I and I was talking about how most of the video Google search results are showing YouTube, because YouTube is a Google-owned company, mm -hmm. and you would maybe see one daily motion result. Today, I'm seeing a lot more results from TikTok on Google. Mm -hmm. You know, it's changing. Yeah. That means you need to be creating content where your audience hangs out. So blog posts, cool. But where else is your audience hanging out so that you can create the content to meet them there? And you can also create that content to be optimized to show up on search results for all this other content format that is not just blog posts. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. And you you were talking a little bit about voice search there. And um, that's so interesting because that is probably something that most companies haven't started thinking about yet. So uh, uh what do you think is the first step to to embrace voice search as a marketeer in a B2B company? I think if let's look at this from an on-page aspect, since that will work, that, that's the goal here. First of all, you have to look at um, NLP. NLP means natural language processing. So there are many tools. I don't know. I think we used to use text razor back in the day. I don't know what's trending right now, but I still like text razor. A lot of all these entity tools can give you like really good entities for NLP. You need to be adding all of all that in your content because that is what um, search engines are going to be looking for when they're crawling the pages. So 
as voice assistants become more prevalent, you need to incorporate NLP to optimize your content to sound natural and conversational the way that it's used in voice search. Another thing that is also important is local search optimization. I think that voice search probably has the biggest impact. If you have any like um, software that is targeted at local audiences, it's so important to making sure they are optimizing for like local queries. But I think the biggest one has to be conversational queries. There's a notable shift towards more conversational natural language queries. And this is especially pronounced um, if you're in an industry that has seasonal traffic. So optimize for conversational queries, optimize, optimize for local search queries if this is something that you do. But generally, I would say optimize for conversations. Again, still going back to what I was saying, think in terms of long tail keywords. What are some long tail keywords that would actually match what people will be searching for if they were thinking about conversational queries that they'll be saying to like a voice assistant or they'll be saying to like ChatGPT. Because ChatGPT is like a search engine right now when you think about it. In fact, I think I do more searches on ChatGPT than on Google these days. So think of what people would type around a topic if they were looking for answers on like ChatGPT or like um, Echo or Google Assistant or things like that. So that means long tail keywords. That means natural language. That means clear content structure. That means entity optimization. That means visual search even and adding like um, alt image text to your images to ensure that both the text, the images and all the other assets you use are optimized for voice. Awesome. That's so interesting to hear and good uh, recommendations there. And talking about ChatGPT and other AI tools now, what are the use cases that you think are most valuable right now Leveraging that's a good one. AI tools. That's a good one. So this is, I'm going to speak from my own personal experience. I'm, I'm, I use ChatGPT for literally everything. I use ChatGPT to, to do the ideation process. I, let's say I have an unfinished thought, as I like to call it. An unfinished thought means that I have an idea of how we can, um, let's say we have a product now. Let me dial back. We have a product and I'm trying to think of how we can integrate this product into our contents. And I can ask ChatGPT and I can give ChatGPT the link to the product page and I can say, analyze this page. Tell me what are the problems that this page is solving for. Tell me who would be the ideal audience. Give me some content ideas that I could be creating for this. Now, I'll also feed it the links. I'll feed, okay, these are content we've already created on our blog. Where should we be plugging this product in? And then it starts giving me like certain words and saying products that, that mention this words, products that mention this, products about, sorry, pages about this, pages about that. And then I can start using that to do like internal research on our blog to find those pieces of content and then plug those products in there. I can also use it to like find, how do I plug it in, in a way that it looks natural. It can help me generate that copy. It can tell me the best place for placement. I can use it to find ideas and say, okay, I want to diversify outside of the blog. What kind of other content should we be creating to get this product in front of people? It can even give me ideas for like webinars, ideas for like podcasts, ideas on infographics that we should be creating, all this other stuff. Now, I also use ChatGPT when I'm creating content briefs. The first step for me is always to do like a manual research on SERPs. And then I take that manual research and I feed it to ChatGPT. Then I also feed it the links to the top 10 pieces that are ranking for that query. 
And then I say, analyze this link, these 10 links that I fed you. Now take the brief I've also given you. Is there anything I've not discussed that these people have discussed that I should be discussing? Add it to my brief. Is there anything that you anticipate that might be a future question that somebody might ask? And what assets should I be creating based on what you've seen other people creating and what you, they've not created, but they should have created. So it's basically closing the gaps existing right now and then closing gaps that don't even exist, but could exist. I use it for that. I also use it when I finish writing. Sometimes I write and I'm like, this stuff doesn't sound clear enough. I can feed my content to ChatGPT to help me like rewrite certain parts of my work and say, okay, let's make it clearer. I want the message to be much more, I want clarity always. It helps me rewrite my work and also to write social media content. This whole year, maybe like 90% of the content I've written on social media has been generated with ChatGPT. Again, as I always say, it's not just um, asking ChatGPT to generate content around this or that. I always do the first drafts, then I feed that first draft into ChatGPT, and then I ask it to make it better for me using some specific ideas, and then it does that. So it's social media content, is podcast content. I've used it to come up with ideas for titles for a webinar and podcast series I'm working on. I've used it to flesh out what I should be discussing for each of these podcasts and webinar series, I've used it. I've used it also to flesh out unfinished ideas. I've used it to create content outlines. I've used it to build and execute topic clusters. I've also used it to write social media content. Yeah, wonderful. These are really good use cases. Uh, so pretty much you use it for most things. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's so the... The summary is it's a very useful tool for all so useful. producers. I think yeah. the problem, like I said, is that people want ChatGPT to do to do the thinking for them. Mm. No, you need to be the one feeding it the insight as the experts. Mm. Because then when it generates some stuff and is making stuff up, you can call it up and say, This is not true. You've made a mistake here. This is actually the correct information. Then it edits that mistake out, uses your insight. To make the output better, ChatGPT is garbage in, garbage out. If you don't give it enough information, it's not going to give you good outputs. Mm. That's why I always say you have to create that first draft as the expert, and then it can take it from there. But you yeah. are the expert; you can't just expect it to think for you. Wonderful, yeah, and it's it's exciting. So yeah. if if uh, I I am the marketing manager, you know, and want to drive my results for uh, next year and you know uh, always thinking about at this time of year what should i spend uh what should i prioritize how should i you know uh, uh how should i uh plan my my marketing go to market strategy and things like that what are your uh, recommendations to to b2b marketer to these these days you know how to how to think ahead of next year and and a little bit about the prioritizations you would do if you were in that seat. I, I, would, I would say it's back to the basics, honestly. Back mm. to the basics. Making sure that your, your content caters to user intent. Thinking outside the box with keyword research. I think this is something we need to be doing more of. What happens when you exhaust your, will I say, your niche keywords, the keywords around your industry? Start thinking outside the box with like your sales teams, all the other um, customer facing teams to all the other problems that people are using your tools for and create content for that anticipate questions that people might have 
answer that question. Think beyond the traditional funnel of top, middle, and bottom to post-purchase. What problems do people have after signing up for a tool? Are they using your tool in, are they pairing your tool with another tool? I think it would be beneficial to create content that they would even be facing if they were pairing a tool. For example, most is a keyword research tool. We don't do content briefs yet. But we also have content around creating a content brief because most people who are doing keyword research, the next step would be creating a content brief or writing that content. So it makes sense to create that content to help them. So helpful content, number one. Number two, platforming more experts. I think this is something that we have to make at the core of our strategy for 2024. How can we find experts around all of this content we want to create and how do we platform them? Number three, Product placement. I think we're not selling, most marketers are not selling enough on our blog. There's there's so much opportunities that I keep seeing on so many blogs to, to plug in a product on the blog. So this is something I think we need to do more of. When we write a content that is going on the on the blog, how do we plug in our products naturally in a way that shows it as helpful, not salesy, so that people can see it as the next step. Okay, I'm learning how to do this then it makes sense to click a link that you've put in there to continue that journey in a practical format. But I think that 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 takes some kind of empathy in knowing where would be the best place to plug in this product on the page. Because obviously at the end of the day, it's not enough to create content. That content has to convert. And that conversion is usually true. What people clicking on the CTA and taking action. So we need to figure out the way, how can we make our blogs work harder for us? How can we platform more experts instead of just hiring any random writer to create the content for us? And how can we make our content more conversational to optimize for questions, natural questions that people will be asking if they were looking for solutions around this particular topic. And one finally, more. sorry, one yeah. more automations. What can we automate? What can we automate and how do we automate in a way that we're not replacing human expertise. Wonderful. Thank you so much. These are really hands-on advice for every marketeer. So uh, I hope our listeners appreciate that. Uh, half an hour goes really fast. Thank you so yeah. much for all your insights, Chima. And, yeah. you know, last question here. People who want to check out you and your content, where can they find you? Yeah, um, you can find me on Moore's blog. You can also find me on my own personal website, zenithcopy.com. I have a lot of stuff there. Or you can find me on social media with my name, Chima Medre, on Twitter and LinkedIn. Well, thank you. And thank you for your time. And I wish you all the best and good luck with your future endeavors at Moss and other places. Thank you. Good luck, Jacob. Merry Christmas.